You're listening to Know, Like, and Trust by Stampede Digital Systems. As a pioneer of the Know, Like, and Trust movement, Stampede guides listeners through the marketing process with real-life examples of successful individuals. Today's show highlights a business owner who offers a valuable service, making a powerful impact on the world. With your host, Troy Campbell. Welcome again, everyone, to the Know, Like, and Trust podcast by Stampede Digital Systems. I'm so glad that you joined us today. We have another amazing story for you from an amazing man who has accomplished so much. Before we introduce him, I'd like to just introduce a little bit about the, the Stampede Know, Like, and Trust podcast, what this is about. It's about entrepreneurs and leaders out there making a difference. Where, that, where the rubber hits the road, that's who we want to talk to and hear their stories and what are they doing to actually reach out and, and build their passions and connect with others. So an amazing example of that is our guest here today. His name is Sean Richards. Sean, for 25 years, has been on this journey, working his tail off, and working in the small business environments, and he's now sharing his expertise and ex experience, helping teams become more engaged, collaborative, and innovative. He's a Gallup certified strengths coach and a certified facilitator with AIR Consulting, one of the nation's leading research firms into team dynamics. He's married with two daughters and lives in Eagle Mountain, Utah, where he also serves as the executive committee on the executive committee of the Chamber of Commerce. So thank you so much, Sean, for joining us today. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. All right. So, so Blue Sky, Blue Sky Biz Consulting is your is your um, is your website, right? Website. That's correct. Okay. Well, tell us about how you got into this and took this um, expertise and experience and made it a business. You bet. Um, as mentioned, I've been uh, 25 years in small business as an employee, mostly in the accounting and sometimes in operations, and really enjoyed it. I was having a very good experience. But a few years ago, I, I started thinking, you know, maybe I need to explore some different options. I, I felt like um, a kind of a human connection would be would be good. I really started uh, kind of getting fascinated with what I call the human dynamic about what makes people tick and and why is it that there seems to be so many people that just don't like their jobs. And there's a lot of different reasons for that. We certainly won't go into all of those tonight, but there there are a lot of reasons why people get a little frustrated in their jobs. And so I started thinking a little bit, you know, maybe I ought to be a consultant and maybe I ought to help people with their business. I tended to get a lot of questions from people about how to start a business. And that was some of what I was doing. And so I, I started helping people and I really enjoyed that. And then a couple of years ago, I was introduced to the Clifton Strengths or Strengths Finder Assessment. And I was absolutely amazed at how accurate it described me, how accurately it described me. And it wasn't even so much that it described me really accurately because, you know, that's that's fine. But I liked what it was trying to teach. It was trying to say, hey, Sean, this is this is who you are. This is what you're really good at. And there's more you can do with this to kind of develop yourself. And so I really embraced that. And I started reading all the articles and all the books that Gallup had put out related to strengths development and talked to people at Gallup. And next thing you know, I am a Gallup certified strengths coach. And then it was about a year ago that I decided to make it a full-time venture. And I, I kind of 
decided to focus on teams because not only am I a big sports fan and, and kind of fascinated with teams, but in the workplace, I've started to realize both from my experience all those years and also all the, the current research that we're leaving a lot of um, opportunity, shall we say, on the table with our teams because sometimes people don't get along as well as they could. Sometimes they don't understand each other as well as they could. And so for me, it really became a passion to try and understand to a much deeper level how people can work better together. So that's a brief summary of this journey that I've been on and I'm continuing to be on. Admittedly, there's kind of a, there's, there are moments when I say to myself, I wish I knew what I know now. I wish I knew 25 years ago when I was getting started and was having those first experiences as a leader. And I, I uh, you know, you have your, your regrets in life, but uh, now my opportunity is to turn around and, and try and help others learn those same principles and have a greater effect in their workplace. I love that, that you were, you were ready to make a change and you, you knew that there, you were drawn to what you were being, having fun doing, answering questions, helping people figure this complicated operations and working with teams. I love that. I, and I think, I think a lot of entrepreneurs, that's where we're headed is where we find something we really, really like and, and that we, we're good at. You know, and we say, hey, I'm kind of good at this. And I wish, I wish I knew 25 years ago, what if I can help someone? Right. Well, ironically, one of the top strengths that I have from that Gallup assessment, that StrengthsFinder assessment, is what they refer to as developer. It's, it's a person who naturally has an instinctive, innate talent and desire to help other people make progress. Right. And so that was, it was, I always kind of knew that about me, but it was almost this, this uh, flag being waved saying, hey, Sean, this is really where you ought to spend a lot of your time. It doesn't have to be all of your time but you need to spend your time helping others make progress in whatever aspect it may be. And so early in, in my, after, soon after I was uh, officially certified, I thought about even just personal coaching and executive coaching. And certainly those things I, I still get involved with from time to time, sure. but I really like the team dynamic, but that's when it really, I mean, it's exactly what you said, Troy, there's this, you realize really what you're good at and what you really want to do. It just takes off from there. Yeah. That accessing that passion. Well, can you tell me a little bit more about the strengths um, program and, and, and you know how that can help uh, folks like out there? You bet. The, the idea behind it, the science and the research behind it is that we, we kind of got this old school mentality that we have to be good at everything and that we conquer our weaknesses and that we need to be well-rounded and some of these other things. And certainly those are, those are noble efforts, but right. research shows that we actually do a lot better if we focus on what we're already good at and make it even better. And so the phrasing that we'll often use in that, in that situation is we'll say, we've got your, your natural talent. We want to develop those into strengths so that you're operating over here. Because we, if we naturally think that way, if we naturally approach problems and solutions that way, then we function better. We're happier because that's what we're naturally doing. Yeah. And so it, it, when you work in a team dynamic, it also allows you to communicate better because you're helping to, your understanding as a team. Okay. Well, Sally approaches it this way. She's more of a thinker. And so she may want a little bit more time to kind of think through the problem, but then you've got Joe over here. Who's an outgoing personality and wants to take action and wants to get going. 
Well, those tend to be opposites and can sometimes create a little bit of conflict because one wants to think and one wants to take action. But if they understand that about each other and they understand what makes each person tick, what makes them think, what makes them approach problems the way they do, then there's better understanding. And in a team dynamic, you can also take advantage of that because if you have a situation where you need someone who's more dynamic, you're going to talk to Joe. If you need someone to kind of think through a problem a little bit more deeply, then you go to Sally. And so when we understand that, and that's obviously a very simple example, but that's really the power of understanding the strengths, uh, that, that world that we all have and that we are all a part of. So the assessment is very scientifically valid. It's, it's done all over the world. I think it's uh, over 50 countries, over 20 languages, something like that. So it's very, very popular and it's a very powerful assessment. And it will give you some good, just to go take the assessment and get some good information. And then ideally to, to really develop it into something where it's something that you're thinking and doing about proactively every day. One other thing I'll, I'll point out about it, and it's another simple example. If a person, and I'm sure that many of the listeners, if not all, have been through some kind of a job interview, or maybe it's an interview for a promotion or something like that, a very common question that an interviewer will ask is, what do you consider some of your strengths? It's amazing how many people struggle to come up with a definitive answer to that question. And this, this strengths assessment will help you identify them. But the other great part about it is that it also, if, if done properly, will help you to identify in what circumstances are you being really successful with your talents. And yeah. then when you ask that question, you can say, well, my top strength is consistency or it's developer. And this is how I use that in the workplace. This is how I contribute to a team. This is how I can help your company. When you have concrete examples, that is a really powerful way. And that helps you stand out from other job interviewees mm -hmm. and, uh, and really can help set you apart. That's amazing. One of the things, the big epiphanies on my own entrepreneur journey is when I realized that there are answers. You, know, you kind of start off and you're just going, what the heck? got this and I got that. I'm juggling this and juggling that. And then when you start to realize that you can intentionally follow these almost universal um, markers and, and that is applicable to every single business and, and, and team building. I think all of us are like, okay, I'm going to have a great team. I'm going to, but there's a scientifically uh, valid way to go and intentionally build that. Just like we're intentionally working on building our businesses. Yeah, that's, that's a, it's a great point and it's a really critical piece. If you are a brand new entrepreneur and you are looking to build a team, even if you're going to be a sole proprietor, even if you're going to be on your own, it's still really important to have a team. Um, we sometimes talk about maybe a personal board of directors, really, right. mentors and vendors and, and other people that can help you along that journey. Because you're absolutely right. There's a lot of questions. When you get started as an entrepreneur, you have tons of questions. Questions you don't even realize you're going to have until you get into that moment. And when you can surround yourself with a network of people, a team of people, that's only going to accelerate and boost the odds for your success as an entrepreneur. Yeah. Well, um, we're so excited that you've got this vision and you're building this. Have you faced some challenges along the way as you've tried to build this? Sure. Yeah, I think one of the biggest is, is how do you communicate this? For a lot of people, it, uh, the assessment can often be telling them something they already know. And so they feel like it's fluff. They feel like it's useless. 
Well, I already knew that about myself. But the, the advantage is to take that and to say, okay, but let's, let's find ways to do that more productively. And when the light bulbs start to go on, when people start to see in their own life and especially in the lives of others, when they're kind of in that strength zone, as I like to call it, when they're really firing on, on all cylinders and really being productive, then they make those connections. The light bulbs go on. That is a really significant breakthrough for people. And it really gets them excited. Yeah. So it's having to kind of communicate that. And certainly you're, you're trying to figure out how to, to, uh, to communicate the message, sell your product, sell yourself to network properly and to really take advantage of opportunities as they come along. And I personally have found for me, again, I'm going to use that word team. I have been really fortunate to have some fantastic people that have helped me along my journey that have been willing to answer questions and even to point out things and say, Sean, you know, you're a little bit off here. Maybe you ought to consider this kind of an approach and go, Oh yeah, that's great. And that's one of the big, uh, the big advantages of having the team is that you, you can dwell on other people's strengths to help you. And that's, uh, that's one of the great advantages. And that's something that I've really felt a great uh, a blessing, quite frankly, to be able to have other people that can give me some direction as well. I, um, you know, you, you hear statistics often about the failure rate of businesses. And I had a mentor tell me one, something one time that just really shocked me. He said, Sure, here's the, here's the secret behind business. He says, almost anything you try will work. I'm like, what the heck? Almost any, but what about undercapitalization? What about this without? And as I've, as I've realized, it, it, it's sort of true. Most, most businesses, if you have an idea and you set it up, you can make money. But, and, but the thing is, is the thing that I think kills most businesses is the team aspect. Mm-hmm. We get we start we get some success and suddenly it gets complicated because we have we need to work with teams. Absolutely, it's a uh, it's a real challenge because and there's multiple reasons why it can become a challenge. I'll, I'll select one and that's simply the scalability. It's really difficult as an entrepreneur to give up at some point. And when I say give up, I'm not talking quitting. Right. I'm talking about giving up responsibilities that you normally would do. Right. We often use the word delegate, you know, hey, who am I going to give it to? And again, that's where this, this strengths finder assessment could help because it can help you identify this person has a strength for this kind of, a, of an aptitude. Right. And so you can help them by giving them the assignments that maybe you don't want to do as much, but they have a strength to, to help you with. But if you don't do that right, and if you don't resolve conflicts appropriately, because conflict can be good if it's addressed a proper, in, in, in the right way. Absolutely. Yeah, too too many times people get, you know, combative and argumentative trying to prove their own point instead of working it out and compromising and finding a way to to make it better for both. And so all of those team dynamics have to come into play in that in that communication. Otherwise, it can break down and just really, if, if nothing else, it'll slow it way down. And sometimes, as you mentioned, it'll bring it to a complete halt if you're not careful. Yeah, destroy everything that you've all worked up. And I think I'm I'm looking at it like it's not just into it's not valuable just for one person, but imagine you have, let's say five people on your team and all of you have the same strengths and all of you have the same weaknesses. That's a bad thing. Yeah, it is because now you've got a big, huge hole and everybody's trying to do the same thing in almost the same way, but you've got a big hole and maybe multiple holes because now you've got a whole area that's not being addressed very well. 
Now, some people, most of us, we can find ways to get around those things. And when you're early and you're getting started, sometimes you have to do that. Right, right. But at some point, as you continue to grow as an entrepreneur, you want to find those people that can fill those gaps. There's an instinctive, I don't know if it's a desire, I don't know if it's a, just a reflex, whatever you want to describe it as, but we tend to, to partner or want people on the team that think like us. And that's, that's a natural way to approach it. The people that, that we kind of know, like, and trust. Uh-huh. And at the same time, you have to learn to let go. And if you're, if you're wanting to let go of something that you're not very good at and you're not comfortable with to somebody else who's also not comfortable with it, well, now you're not accomplishing anything. And so it is really important to find those, those people that complement what you do, not compete with what you do. Right. And so by kind of going through your program, suddenly a team now gets to see, hey, here's, here's where our strengths are. Here's where our weaknesses. We might need to change up some things. Let's hire someone that, and that can, has those strengths that we don't have. Absolutely. And certainly, um, that's, that's not all there is to being a, a functional team. You can still have a, a reasonably good balance. Um, there are other elements that come into the team, having really good culture. And it's interesting to me, I, I don't, uh, I, I'm, I'm always very careful how I ask the question, but I'll often say, do you have good culture in a team or in your company? And oh yeah, I've got great culture and everybody gets along and so on and so forth. And I think, okay, well, how do you know for sure? So sometimes I'll ask them if I'm feeling a little bit bold and I'll, I'll be a little more direct. How do you know that your, your team, let's call it, is a, uh, is a good, has good culture in it? Because one of the first questions to ask is, what is culture? You have 10 people on a team, you ask all of them to give you a definition of culture or what it means to them you're going to get 10 different answers. And that's a problem because that means they're all thinking differently. If you can have that group discussion and learn how to think as a collective group, you can still have your individuality and that's important, but it's also important to understand what you want that culture to be. And then of course you've got to, once you've defined it, then you've got to find ways to measure it and then take action to improve it. And so the strengths is is a component to help accomplish those things. Amazing. Amazing. That, that was the first thing I was going to ask you and you, you answered it. I was going to say, okay, define culture. <laughs> yeah. Culture is a, uh, it's an elusive word. In fact, I avoid trying to define it myself because I don't want to, I don't want, I don't want to give them the answer because if I tell them, then they're just going to do what I tell them. And that's not what we want. We yeah. want to open up the dialogue within the team. What do you want the culture to be? Yeah. Bring your background, bring your 30 years of life experience, work experience that, that helps define who you are and how you look at the world and yeah. contribute the ideas. If I just go in and say, culture is this, this is what you need to do. Yeah. I have failed in my role as a consultant. What I'm trying to do is get the team to open up and start that dialogue because that's the absolute foundation for them to continue that long after I'm gone is to continue having those conversations that can help them develop strong culture. Ideally, you'd like to see opportunities to, to discuss and have open dialogue and share ideas. That's really where the power of a team can come through and you can start to innovate and create. And you can't do that if, if the people are feeling like they're going to get shot down or being treated rudely or if there's distrust or any of those kinds of elements in the team. You're not going to have a, a good experience. You're not going to feel comfortable sharing what could be a great idea to help that team be more efficient or a new idea, or a better way to take care of the, of the client or the customer. There, there are just almost endless possibilities when you allow that team to be in a psychologically safe place to be able to create and innovate. 
And that's why culture is so important. Amazing. Amazing. I love it. It is more answers for us in our own entrepreneurial journeys um, to know that there are ways um, to improve our culture, that, that, that hard to define thing. And, and maybe it's not even improving the culture as much as it's getting everyone on board with the same culture. Would you say that would be? That's exactly it. Because even within the same company, now certainly within a company, you want a, a pretty broad, with, within some guidelines, what the company culture is. But even within a team, and think about it this way, a customer service department, that team is going to approach their job and their department a little bit differently than, say, the programmers are going to, the IT folks are going to. The IT folks may say, you know, we would rather not have too much interaction with each other when we're all trying to concentrate. Right. If we, if we need to be able to buckle down and think, then maybe there's a block of time where we just don't talk to each other. And then we have a designated time where we can collaborate. Yeah. Or, you know, and then I should say opposed to the customer service where maybe that's, that's an ongoing discussion where you're always, hey, I just got off this call and this customer had this. Has anybody else run into this? You can see the difference where each team may have just a little bit of a, a kind of a different spin on what the right culture should be for them. And that's part of what we want to draw out when we have those discussions and these, these kind of workshop type situations is, is to say, what would you like it to be? Let's find the common ground and, and go from there. So fun. So fun. So, so tell me about how you're taking this vision and growing it. How's that been? It certainly is. It is a, it's a challenge. And in the current situation that we're in uh, with the pandemic, it's a little bit more of a challenge because certainly, understandably so, companies are having to, to kind of clamp down a little bit. And so right now it's kind of in a survive until we can thrive type mentality. Absolutely. And so what I, what I try to do is just simply make myself available for those teams that are, are ready to take some of this kind of action. Yeah. Um, the biggest challenge that's been for me is to help them understand the potential that they may be missing out on. And there, you know, I'm going to be uh, very open and blunt with you. There, there are some executive leaders that I've talked to that, come across a little bit too overconfident, right? They feel like everything is fine. We've got great culture. We don't need this. Right. And I'm one that says, how do you know? I've got an assessment yeah. that I can help at least kind of take a little peek under the, uh, under the, the hood there a little bit. And let's just see, let's see how the teams are looking. Then you'll know. I love it. It is, it is so important that we measure, measure, measure. And there, you know, it's really interesting with business is you do have to have, sort of a hard head, um, but you also have to be open. It's, it's like two, it, there two traits that you don't really associate with, with people having at the same time, to be hard-headed enough that you're going to make your dream come true, but open-hearted enough that you can get feedback. Yeah, that's a great point, right? It is such a delicate balance to balance the idea of being open-minded and, and humble to accept input and at the same time, move forward with confidence. Right. And it is a careful balance that can be struck, but I think any of us, we're going to have those challenges from time to time. We're going to have one side or the other kind of, oh, maybe I'm being too open-minded and I need to kind of just make some decisions and move forward with confidence. But you also have to be careful that that confidence doesn't come across as arrogance or overconfidence to where it could potentially damage the company. But it's, it's definitely a challenge. You no, know, I tell my friend, I say, I, I told her, you know what? 
I love failing. And she's like, I don't think you should use that word. I'm like, no, no, I really love to fail because of what I learned from it. I have no problem using that word. She's like, no, if you try to use a synonym because failure is such an ugly word. And I totally get what she's saying. But having those humbling experiences certain help, certainly helps us to get to that next level. And it's a great point. And I, and I have kind of, I, I agree and disagree with your friend. I, I, failure is, is, it does have a negative connotation to it. And that's why up here for me, I have to, to equate the word in my own mind. Even if I don't use the words, I'm in my own mind, I'm trying to say, well, it was a failure. I, I fell short of what I wanted to accomplish, mm-hmm. but it's only a failure indefinitely if I don't learn from it and make changes. If I stop there, well, yeah, I have failed. And there's no way to get around that. If you drop the ball, you drop the ball. But there's almost always a way to recover from a, a what might be perceived as a failure exactly. if you really apply yourself. And that's, again, one of the dynamics of a team. If you've got the right team culture, yeah. that even if they have a failure, they can say, well, let's, let's figure out how to fix it and how to prevent it from happening again. Yeah. And I think that's where, where like my passion for consultants like yourself and advisors comes in. Because you can learn so quickly from, from their seeing patterns that you can then grab and apply and, and help you not as fail as much, right? Absolutely. Because a lot of times we as individuals and as a collective team or a company, we all have blind spots. We all have those areas that we just don't realize either because of habit or sometimes ignorance. That we have these these kind of these blind spots or potential weaknesses, and having a third party come in and take a look is always going to be helpful. Yeah, I love it. I, I used to be a financial planner, and uh, and then I became a manager, and um, and I used to tell my my financial planners, own the products that you're um, helping people get up with. Hire another financial planner to do your own plans. Because do you believe or not believe in financial planning? Because you, if you're a financial planner, you better you better get help. Because you're telling other people they need help. Because it's hard. So anyway, I love that. I love the um, the ideas that you presented. Uh, just the the whole concept of the blue sky uh, business consulting, um, where you can go in scientifically purposely, intentionally, and improve your culture, improve the working of your team so that you can accomplish those goals. It's just a, an amazing uh, concept. It is. It's, it's, and it's fun because when you can get people to that, that spot, and, and it's a challenge and it takes time, but when you can get them there, they're a lot happier and people enjoy coming to work. Now, it doesn't solve all problems. It's still up to the individual to decide if they're in the right industry and, and the the career path for them is the right one. But by and large, if you get people that are working well together, it's people love to come to work and then they have those really strong relationships. And in this day and age, a lot of things have, have changed over the decades. A lot of people now look to their workplace environment as a, as a social interaction as well. Yes. Kind of the old days of, of the nine to five, you go and you, then you go home after that. They've, they've changed a little bit and there's still some of that but there's still a lot of people that really rely on their work, their, their coworkers, their colleagues, their teammates to help provide some of that social 
interaction that we all need. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And especially with even before COVID-19, we were doing a lot of telecommuting and teams are connecting differently than they used to. And so it makes sense to have a robust discussion around that and discovery and, and knowledge on how to do that effectively. It definitely does. And, and I, um, I read an interesting uh, article oh, a few weeks ago relating to this COVID-19 situation. And it was a manager basically saying that they were a little disappointed that the productivity had gone down now that people were working, working remotely. And they were a little concerned about um, how to re-engage. And they kind of felt like they had to reinvent getting employees and the team engaged. And, and I, because I was reading the article, I did not have an interaction. But in my mind, I'm thinking, you may not have had as strong of a culture and team dynamic as you thought you did if they're already kind of falling apart a little bit. They may not be connected with the vision of the company. They may not feel that, that connection themselves. That, that's really one of the big drivers to employee engagement to begin with is that connection with the company. Yeah. If you're not feeling that, then the minute you're kind of out of sight, out of mind, you start to drop in productivity. And that, that's a big, it's a big exposure when that happens. That's right. Yep. Um, maybe they were a little bit too much extrinsically motivated instead of intrinsically motivated. Exactly. Yeah, it's, it's uh, in situations like this, it really becomes telling. It's very obvious when you've got a, a challenge and you may not have realized it. Yeah. Again, not to keep harping on the, on the whole culture concept, but just getting along, that's great. And it's important that you get along with your teammates, but there's a lot more to having a strong team than just getting along. And the proof is when you have to be apart for a little while. If you're relying too much on that team dynamic and you don't have the independent, that intrinsic, as you talked about, Troy, that intrinsic desire, you're going to falter a little bit. So it's something to be aware of. Well, Sean, thank you so much. We are so honored that you shared your wisdom and insights and your own story forward with us today. It's been so exciting. Um, You know, we've got to know you and like you, dare I say, love you. (laughs) Thank you. And we would just love to, to please let us know um, how we contact you. You know, give us your websites uh, so that we can learn more and take action. You bet. The website is blueskybizconsulting.com. And you are welcome to reach me directly on email. And that's Sean, S-H-A-W-N, at blueskybizconsulting.com. And I'm also on LinkedIn. I'm very active. I post frequently pretty much every day. And so I'm more than happy to answer questions and do what I can to help. And if people are interested in a strengths assessment or a team assessment, I'm always happy to talk about that. So feel free to reach out. I'd love to chat with you. Thank you so much. We're honored. Thank you. You have been listening to Know, Like, Trust by Stampede Digital Systems, a part of the Stampede Podcast Network. The questions from today's interview have been adapted and simplified from the powerful marketing tool, the Sales Site Blueprint. To learn more and get the full set of questions to start your business on the Know, Like, Trust path, download your free Sales Site Blueprint today from StampedeWeb.com. That's StampedeWeb.com. Until next time, this is Be Rich, signing out.